Happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are the humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Happy are the merciful. Happy are the pure in heart. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are the persecuted. You are the salt and light. Be happy in Jesus. I have never been to Las Vegas, but in Las Vegas, one of the strongest beams of light across anywhere in the whole wide world is there. It is on top of the Luxor Pyramid Hotel. And apparently, upon this hotel, they have 39 7,000-watt xenon bulbs that shoot into the sky. They say that this light is so bright that pilots on airplanes can see this light from nearly 300 miles away. This light is so bright that if you went 10 miles out into space, National Geographic said 10 miles up in space, if you had a book, you could read it because of the power of that light. That is an amazing picture of light. And yet, Jesus would use this same picture for us as we think about our spiritual life. He would want us to go out, not necessarily that there's one light, but hundreds of millions of us believers would go out and the community and the state and the country and the continent in which we live on, we would shine his light. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to Pick up in verse number 13, where we left off last week, but we're going to focus today on verses 14 through 16 as we think about being light. Matthew chapter 5, we pick up in verse number 13. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And with that, let's pray together. God, thank you for your word and speak to us today about being a spiritual influence. In your name we pray, 
Amen. Jesus begins his first sermon with the Beatitudes. And it's a call of blessing. And these are the characteristics that you should put on if you are going to be a believer. That you should be poor in spirit, recognizing your spiritual poverty. And then mourning, coming to a place of repentance and getting right with the Lord. Being meek and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, being merciful, and being pure in heart, and being a peacemaker. And as you live out these seven characteristics, persecution may even come. But instead of dropping back due to persecution, the Lord calls us to press on as salt and light as we seek to be an influence. Last week, we talked about being salt in our world, that we as believers are to add flavor. We're to show the purpose of life and the true meaning and zest of life comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That we as salt are to be preservatives against the moral and theological and political rot that goes on around us. All around us, sin is causing decay and sin is causing moral decline. And we as believers are to be salt and the preservative that holds up a moral and spiritual standard and set the the biblical foundation for our life. And then we are to cause thirst. As believers, as we share salt and the name of Jesus, our longing is for people to come to know Jesus as Savior. But salt itself can be pretty obscure. It can kind of blend in you may not really see it. And then Jesus says, you're not only going to be salt, but I want you to be an outright witness, to be obvious, to be glowing, to be shining. You are to be the light of the world. So he takes these two pictures as believers, uh, for us as believers, and says, you are to be salt and you are to be light. And through our life, we are to shine the light of Jesus into the lives of others. Now, he says in verse number 14, You are the light of the world. But if we take a step back from that, the truth is, is before we can share the light, we must receive the light. And so for us uh, who know Jesus already, there was a time when we didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. And before we can share that light, we must receive the light. We must understand that, that in and of ourselves that we are in spiritual darkness and separated from God. And that Jesus is the only way of salvation. He is the only way of forgiveness. In John chapter 8, at 7 and 8, actually, John chapter 7, we pick up the context that Jesus is at the feast of, they call it the feast of booths or tabernacles. In the Hebrew, it's, uh, it's called Sukkot. This was the celebration that every year the Jews were to come and to remember how God took care of them during the 40 years of wilderness wanderings. And during this wilderness wandering time, how God made sure that their food was supplied. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy that that even their shoes didn't wear out. But what they were supposed to do is for uh, that celebration time of about a week, they were to build tents 
or little uh, stick cabins. And they were to live in there to be reminded of how God took care of the children of Israel during the wilderness wandering. There in the temple court as well, there were four huge lights that were lighting up the courtyard. And as these four huge lights were lighting up the courtyard, they would remind them of how God led them, remember, in the daytime by a cloud, but at night by a pillar of fire. That God's direction on their life and God's illumination in life would guide them with this with this uh, huge uh, flaming uh, sword or flaming torch that would show itself and guide them. And it's against this backdrop backdrop of these four huge torches burning that Jesus stands up in John chapter 8 and verse number 12 and says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Just as God in the Old Testament guided Israel through the wilderness by a great light, cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. As God guided them, Jesus is now saying, I am the light. I'm the one who's going to provide your direction. Jesus is the light of the world. So if we're going to share the light, first we have to receive the light and we receive Jesus as the light of the world. We receive him as the one who died on the cross to take the penalty for our sin. We receive him as the one now who is the resurrected Lord. We receive him as the one who can rescue us out of darkness. We receive him as the one who can guide and direct our life because Jesus is the light. But not only do we find that Jesus is the light, but in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 8, As Paul looks at believers and he says, you once were darkness. He didn't say you were walking in darkness. He didn't say you were stumbling around in darkness. He says, you once were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. So Jesus is the light of the world. And when Jesus comes in and changes our life, then we are to share that light. We are to be the light of the world. So notice what happens in Matthew 5, 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Jesus has brought us from darkness to light. And now he's saying, you are the light. This is your calling. This is your job. This is your responsibility. That wherever you go, the light that you have received because Jesus has come into your life is the light that is to be shared with others. That you go now as light. You remember when Jesus was here on the earth, Jesus was at one place at one time. He was God, but he was in a body. Remember, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But now what the Lord desires as the light of the world is to shine through the hundreds of millions who have called upon him and to shine as light. You are the light of the world. It's not an option and it's not a choice. You are light if you know Jesus as your savior. You might be a bright beacon burning today. 
shining his light to people that are around you. People can see something different in you. You may look like the headlight on a old truck that's been mudding and it's full of mud caked on it. And when the headlights go on, not much even shines through. You might not be a very good light, but the Bible says you are a light. Whether you're a good one or a bad one, that's in your walk with the Lord and your love with the Lord and your obedience to the Lord and your heart for the Lord. But he says, you are the light of the world. And so now, once we have come from darkness into light, we are light. That's what he calls us. So, before we can share the light, we must receive the light. But then, once we receive the light, we must reflect the light. Once we receive Jesus as Savior, then we reflect the light. This is what he's saying. You are the light of the world. You're light. Your life is different. Jesus is now in. Let's think of the influence of light, the influence of the light. What does light do? First off, light blesses. Have you ever been in a bad hotel? It was kind of creepy and dirty, and you just couldn't wait for the sun to come up because you were ready for the light to get up and get going and get out of there? Have you ever had a night when you were sick and you were sick in the middle of the night and you just couldn't wait for the sun to come up? You were deep in sorrow or grief and you just couldn't wait for the sun. Light blesses. Light blesses. It's like every day the Lord reminds us of his light as the blessing and he reminds us of the light and gives us a fresh new day. We're to be a blessing through carrying light in our life. He says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works or your good deeds. Recently, we had opportunity through our church with the Missouri Baptist Children's Home in the month of July. Because of Roe v. Wade and that decision, we wanted to come alongside some uh, an organization that was similar in faith and that would stand for the light and help those mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy or to help foster families. And so our church took up an offering, almost $7,500 went to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home. Thank you for giving. Just ways that we can share the light. But then in July as well, we were taking up backpacks and school supplies and, and getting clothes. Did you know that when we looked through our Connect ministry, we passed out 120 backpacks at the beginning of the school year and 108 first day of clothes are new clothes outfits for boys and girls. I find it interesting. A couple of them wrote back or shared stories and, and uh, I love what uh, one person wrote. I can't thank you. Enough for all the nice clothes that were sent for my, to my grandson. I won't mention his name. Thank you. Uh, thanks to you, he is ready for the school year. Look out, kindergarten, here he comes. <laughs> hey, what a blessing that they would write back and say, man, that made a difference in my life. Another story, a woman was trying to find a pair of tennis shoes for a young girl, and she was having a hard time finding the exact pair that she really felt like would be great and so she bought uh, the size was a half size larger than the girl would wear but they had sunflowers on them 
And when she got to the car and opened up her bag, she came back in and she, she said that her grandmother loved everything about sunflowers, had just passed away a few months before, that she would think of her grandmother every time she put them on. You know, we just never know sometimes what light looks like, but the Lord challenges us in, through the means of our good works to show light to others. We are to be light. Light blesses. Not only does light bless, but light dispels darkness. Light dispels darkness. When we think about the dark, moral, spiritual climate in which we live, light, and as we walk in and as we share the truth and as we walk in the truth, we dispel darkness. A few years ago, my family went to Merrimack Caverns and we get down into the cave and if you've been there before, you know, they turn all the lights off. And I've always heard people say the the old phrase, it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. So honestly, I put my hand in front of my face and I couldn't see it. So it was as dark as people had described, all right? So when we think about this picture of darkness, what happened next? They turned the lights back on. Light dispels the darkness. When light comes in, it begins to push back the darkness. And that's our call in our heart as believers. We want to dispel and we want to push back the darkness that is around us. Light also exposes danger. As we think about light and exposing danger, I think of a a great uh, scene from the movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, I recognize that some of our younger folks, they have no idea, And uh, but Raiders of the Lost Ark. In the first movie, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's this archaeological find, and it's down uh, under the ground, and it's called the Well of Souls. And Indiana Jones takes his torch, and he drops it down there, and there, when it illuminates down there into this uh, kind of basement-y looking place, snakes. I hate snakes. You remember that from, from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Snakes, I hate snakes. And then his buddy Sala next to him says, ooh, asps, very dangerous you go first. I, I, I love that line. I mean, you know, hey, look, there's poisonous snakes down here. But when that was lit up, it, you could tell the danger. Listen, why is it, parents, that we, as when our children are small, we always want to have the lights on when we walk around at dark? Because you've stepped on Legos before, right? I mean, you step on a Lego once or twice, you realize and recognize, look, we need some light on to expose the dangers As we walk, and especially as we get older, we want even more light. We long for the light because it exposes what's in front of us. Light also exhibits change. Have you ever heard the phrase, his face lit up? When someone walked in the room or something happened, there was a surprise and their face lit up, it exhibits a change. And for us, that change is found in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 14 and following where we're challenged to do everything without complaining or grumbling. Instead, we are to shine like stars. 
stars. Why do we shine like stars? Because of the work of Jesus in us. We exhibit change because Jesus has changed us. We now have hope. We now have purpose. We now have forgiveness. We now have the security of heaven. Look at all the benefits that we have. So exhibit that in your life. And don't walk around under your circumstances. Recognize that the Lord Jesus has touched you for eternity and has brought change. Light also reveals truth. Light reveals truth. Psalm 43.3, the psalmist says, Send forth thy light and truth. Let them lead me. God has light. And the psalmist is saying, send forth your light and truth. He's, he's talking about the word of God and the illumination of God's presence and God's spirit in our life. That's why Jesus would, would, uh, challenge us to be the light of the world so that we could illuminate for others the truth of who he is. Can I tell you, you're here today. You're here on this planet today and not in heaven today because there's someone that you can touch with and and you can reveal the light to that is going to be unique to you. God's still at work. God's at work all around us and it might be that person at work that no one else in our church or no one else in the Christian community even knows but you and he's calling you to be light. He's calling you to light up your workplace, to light up your school, to light up your community. Be a light, reveal the truth of who he is. Send forth thy light and truth. It reminds me of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The influence of the light. What kind of light are you today? But then Jesus not only gives us the the picture that we are light, but then he gives us two illustrations. The illustrations of light. First off, in verse number 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. His first illustration is you're like a city that's set on a hill. Now, if you've been to Israel, and I was there just a few years ago, when you go to Jerusalem, you ascend up. Matter of fact, in Psalm 120 through one. 34 are called songs of ascent. They were written for the the pilgrims, for the Jewish people as they would go up and they would celebrate in Jerusalem the feast and the the festivals that they would sing those songs as they ascended up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was that major pinnacle city in Israel when people would think of the city on a hill and there would have been torches burning and the temple would have lights and the people would have lights around them. It was a major city. And the, and the Lord saying, look, you are like a light. You are like a city that is on a hill. People have taken that phrase, a city on a hill, and they've used it in charitable organizations and they've used it in political speeches but what we find is the lord saying in the spiritual sense you're light you're like a city on a hill people notice people are watching and as light we are called to shine and reflect who jesus is and all that jesus has done and all that jesus can do. 
On January the 26th, 1947, a country singer was half passed out in the back seat of his car when his wife was trying to stir him and sober him up. And as he was moving from Alabama and getting close to his home, they passed the Denley Field Airport. And as she tried to stir her husband, she said, you need to wake up. I just saw the light. And in just a matter of a few moments, Hank Williams scrawled out on a piece of paper the song that even if you don't listen to old country music, you've probably heard sometime. I saw the light. I saw the light. I wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. For us, we're to be that light, a city set on a hill. But not only does he give that illustration, he also gives the illustration of the lamp on a lampstand. Neither do men take a lamp or a, and, and, and neither do they, they take a lamp and then put a basket on it. Instead, they put it on a lampstand so that it gives light to all those who are in the house. The, the picture is obvious and clear. My uncle was a farmer. And so when we would go to my uncle's house, we would see lots and lots of bushel baskets. He owned a farm down in Hillsborough, and he would go up into St. Louis, and he'd have his bushel baskets of, of his produce and sell them at the farmer's markets. And it always brought back when you would see one of those bushel baskets, the little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, a bushel is a basket, just in case you didn't understand. It's a basket. It, uh, it, it was used to holding vegetables. And, and the writer, Jesus, as he is, is focusing or is speaking to these believers, is saying, look, we don't take a light and, and then put a basket over it so that it covers the light and maybe there's a little bit of light down at the bottom. Maybe you can't see anything at all. Instead, you take that light and you put it up on a lampstand. Remember, this was the day before you could just flip the switch and there was electricity. When you had just that small bit of light in the house, you wanted to put it up high so that as many people could see it as they could. Not on a basket where it would be rendered almost useless. Jesus calls us to be light. To let our little light shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. That's the heartbeat of our life. We're called to be light in this world. So Jesus shows the influence of light. He gives the illustration of light. So once we... 
receive the light, we reflect the light. But then, thirdly, we think of this thought. Once we then begin to reflect that light through good works, then we always deflect the glory to God. Notice what it says in verse number 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. People should see our good works. People should see that we are different. People should see that there's something different about us and how we carry ourselves and how we face trials and circumstances and how we walk through sorrow, how we grieve. Every moment we understand is not happy and joyous. All of us walk through trials and transitions. All of us get sick and all of us grieve. We all face the realities of life. But even as we do that, we do it differently. And as we live for Jesus, people should see our good works. They should see our kindness. They should see our forgiveness. They should see our love. They should see our generosity. And there are tangible things that we do along the way through giving and through serving and through sharing. And people should see a difference in us. But the key is, is that people see our good works, but they give praise and glory to our Father in heaven. That we don't keep the praise for ourselves because it's not about us. We give the praise and the glory to him. People will see our good works. Just another chapter over in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus would say, when you pray, don't step out onto the streets where everybody can see you. And when you fast, don't disfigure your face so everybody knows you haven't eaten. And when you give, don't do it publicly so everybody can give you accolades. Instead, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. When you, when you fast, fix yourself up and have a good attitude and move forward. And when you give, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. The picture is, is this is not about you when you do those disciplines and doing good works as we seek to serve the Lord and make a difference in the world. It's not about us. It's about the praise going to him. So do your good works. Serve. Give. Make a difference. But remember, the praise goes to him. The praise is what he deserves, not what we take in. We reflect the Lord we deflect the glory. As you think about your life today, Jesus says you are the light of the world. If you know Jesus, you're light. Your batteries may be way low. The lens of your flashlight may be covered with all kinds of stuff that's hindering the light from shining. But you are light. So what kind of light are you? Are you a light that's impacting and making a difference? 
Or can people really see Jesus in you?